Welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast with your hosts, best-selling children's author Amy Parker and author and co-creator of VeggieTales, Mike Naraki. If instilling biblical values in kids is important to you, this podcast will help give you the resources, wisdom, and hope to do just that. Now let's join our hosts, Amy and Mike, for this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Bible for Kids podcast. Today we have Mike Thomas. He's the author of the Secret of the Hidden Scrolls series. And before we begin every podcast, we like to start off with a Bible verse. And uh, today we have 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and uh, 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Um, so that's one of my favorite verses because Amen. it's really uh, points. Yeah, I think as authors, a lot of times we we feel like, you know, what do we know? What are we talking about? Exactly. You know, I, don't, I don't know anything more than anybody <laughs> Who else. Who gave me the authority to even <laughs> exactly. talk about this? Exactly. And, and so, Mike, with your series, too, you're taking on the daunting task of— um, presenting these Bible stories to kids in a new way. So um, the, the series is called The Secret of the Hidden Scrolls. So give us just a little overview of the series. Tell us what it's about. Sure. I, yeah, first of all, thank you all for having me yeah. on your podcast. I really appreciate it. And um, The Secret of the Hidden Scrolls is a time travel adventure series, and it helps kids discover the Bible and grow in faith. And so it's basically about a brother and a sister and their dog, and they discover these ancient scrolls. And they find out when they open these scrolls, they travel back in time into the Bible story. But there's also a secret in the scroll, and they have to solve that secret or they're going to be stuck in the past forever. Oh, cool. So oh, you've nice. got time travel. You've got mystery. Like there's a mystery to solve. Yes. And then you've got Bible stories. So yes. it's this trifecta of great Bible stories. Well, that's really cool. So um, uh, Amy tells me you have a real job, um, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, why did you decide to become a writer and uh, to, to write this series? Yeah, I, I do have a, I still have a full-time job. So uh -huh. I'd, it actually started with a book report. Okay. Uh, my son had a book report. He was in the third grade at the time. And, and so I was looking at the list and, you know, being a Christian and uh, a father, I was wanting to pass on... Bible truths and help my son grow in faith. And so I looked at the list. I was like, there was great literature there. There was great stories. And I was like, but there was just not that thing. I was like, he's, he's going to spend the time. He's not a big reader. If he's going to spend the time, I want him to invest the time in that. And yeah. so I didn't find it on the list. I was like, well, let me look on Amazon. And so I looked there in that age range. I really couldn't find anything. So I was like, I'm going to yeah. go to Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. And so I go to Barnes and Noble and I go around the corner and then there's this, all these books for his age range. It's like, there's row after row and certainly there's something here and you know they had they had great books they had stuff about magic tree houses they had stuff yeah. about captain underpants they had all yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. things there and i was like there's got to be something i still could not find it and yeah. so uh i went home and i told peter i said well i couldn't find anything you know about the bible and what i was looking for he goes well just write one <laughs> <laughs> there you go and I was that like, simple oh okay <laughs> I told yeah. you, it's hard to argue, argue with that logic and so i was right. like well, okay i'll give yeah. it a shot and yeah and I actually talked with him and his uh, his niece, Mary, or not his niece, my niece. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, well, what would be fun? You know, because there, there's great stuff for younger kids about the Bible. But yeah. in, in their age group, there wasn't. I said, well, what would be interesting? And they're like, 
we'll have them go back into the stories. I was like, okay, then how are they going to get there? Yeah. And so we just kind of, it just kind of grew from there. And so I, I took a stab at it and I wrote it for him. Yeah. And read it to him. And he goes, we'll read it to my class. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, yeah, I wasn't imagining like having other people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That opens itself up for criticism. Yes. Yeah. Because uh-huh. kids are honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so um, I read it to the class and then I would see the other kids. They'd say, well, when's the next one? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hadn't even considered the next one, so I wrote another one. Yeah. Uh, read that and wrote another one and kind of self-published them at the beginning. Then it got picked up by a publisher, and it's just kind of gone off from there. That's awesome. So do the books connect? Uh, is there a story that connects book to book, or is it, or is each one sort of episodic? So could you pick up book three and kind of be okay with where it is? Or You, you, how does could, that uh-huh. you could pick up anywhere along, along the line, but I've intentionally kind of taken it all through the Bible. Yeah. So I'm starting with the beginning, mm-hmm. all the beginning, and that's the creation story. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the second one, they go to Noah's Ark. Uh-huh. Uh, then the third one, they go back to Egypt and they experience the plagues. Then that, so I'm I'm trying to take them through the major events of the Bible. Yeah. So by the end of it, you know, they've got a, a good grasp right, of everything. Yeah. You know, the bigger story of the Bible through the little stories. But if say they're going to visit Noah's Ark up in Kentucky or wherever that is. <laughs> the real um, Noah's Ark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the real yeah, Noah's Ark. Yeah. Yeah. So but they could pick up the Noah's Ark book and not be lost. They yes, could, yeah. Yes. I've I've been careful on each of the stories, uh, to kind of make it like if this is where you stepped in, mm-hmm. you'd be okay. You yeah. Know, so yeah. So each one is a standalone, but they also tie together. That's really cool. Well, I love the uh, the scrolls thing because I, I have a uh, play on scrolls in my own book series, the Dead Sea Squirrels. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So it's like, wow, these are scr- the scrolls taken back, kind of like the squirrel. But but mine mine go in the opposite direction. So instead of going back in time, you know, the squirrels, you know, come forward in time. Yeah, talk, so they're time travelers. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're time travelers. Just been preserved for a while. So, but uh, but it's I I do think it's a great device and a way to bring the Bible alive for kids yes. and just having that adventure and. Uh, um, going back, and did you when when you got into it? Did you did you use a model uh, for for this age range uh, to say, okay, I'm going to look at Magic Treehouse. I'm going to look at how, how did how did you kind of approach it from a formatting standpoint? I did actually. I I, I looked at Magic Treehouse. I looked mm-hmm. at some of the other kind of chapter books to that age range. I was like, okay, they're reading these things. They're engaging with these things. And so let me kind of reverse engineer it and say, you know, what are the elements of these that are exciting? You know, yeah. the, the chapter links, cliffhangers, you know, the the book to book. They like to, you know, finish chapters quickly and finish a book and go to the next book. So I was like, right. what are the elements that make it exciting for them to be able to step into the reading experience? Yeah. And so I, I did. I, I actually counted words. I mean, I got oh, that yeah. We've had on. long conversations. <laughs> yeah, oh, and yeah. I haven't said it before, but Mike is actually my neighbor. We live in the same neighborhood, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But, yeah, we've had a long conversation about your word counting thing, how yeah. nerdy you got with the— <laughs> You know, they show up automatically on a Word document, you know, just right down there at the Ooh. bottom. <laughs> so you don't actually have to count them. <laughs> yes, but with the Magic Treehouse, you don't oh, have yeah, the original manuscripts. So. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, so you went in to an actual book and—, and Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, and counted them. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I on my book series, um, they, they end up around 7,000 words, you know, mm-hmm. per—and then, you know, and— kind of 20 chapters. So I, I would do the same thing. I'd count like, you know, well, each, each, I, as I'm writing a chapter, it's like, okay, this should be about 300 to 400 words. Right. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, yeah. And it's nice because that keeps you on target because uh, writing screenplays for so long, 
I, I, I learned to be very succinct in what I say because you can't be really verbose in a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, getting into a book, it's kind of nice to say, okay, you can tell it. You, you can tell a story point uh, in a, a very short amount of time or a very long amount of time when you're in a book, right. you know. And so it's really nice to have those boundaries to say, okay, yeah, I've got 400 words to, to get through this story point. Oh yeah, I love go. it because yeah. I was like, okay, this is how long the chapter is. It's like I've yeah. got to have a cliffhanger. What's the cliffhanger? What's going to yeah. make them think? Yeah, don't stop reading. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah. it's because we we got so much competition. I mean, yeah. I mean, with video games and the phone and movies, it's like okay. There's so much, so many distractions. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, I wanted to be able to have something that could compete for their attention. Yeah, and make them actually engage and find, you know, what the amazing things are in the Bible and how how God has done these great things and these amazing things, and let them see the power of God and how it can affect their lives. And so, I wanted to make it so it could compete with that. Yeah, I wanted to make sure you know, they could step into it and really experience it in such a way that it affects their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so cool. I mean, especially at that age, you know, as a parent, to see your child um, really become passionate about reading. Right. I remember that happening at that age with my kids, um, with a variety of series of books. And I remember sitting down and reading. Um, before my kids could read, I read them, uh, you know, the Narnia series. Mm-hmm. And then once they got old enough, they took that on and read them that, that them read that themselves and I did the same thing with Lord of the Rings actually I read the whole in three <laughs> oh books of Lord goodness. of the Rings wow, to my a, son yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was but no just to see them catching that 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 fire to read at that age is is wonderful and it really serves them well their whole life I agree so. yeah and I I love how engaging these are for boys um I have two boys you have two boys Mike Naraki has one boy. Uh-huh. Um, and so we both know that their reading styles, their interests are different. Mm-hmm. And and sort of, you know, not to categorize boys since I'm in a room full of them. But, <laughs> um, but you know, their interests are a little bit, their, their attention span is a little bit harder to really catch and make sticky. So like you were talking about engaging them. Um, and they can sometimes be more reluctant readers than girls, too. So talk about specifically boys and how you're engaging them in these stories. You've talked about your cliffhangers, but what are some of the adventures that they go on that boys would sort of love to live vicariously through your characters? Yeah. I, you know, Peter is the main character. Um, and Peter's your son, right? Peter, yeah, it's based on my son named Peter. And so, um, but there is a, a girl in it, Mary, you know, who's his sister in the story and, mm-hmm. and the dog. So, I wanted to have something, it, you know, not exclusively for boys. I mean, boys yes. and girls read it. But the interesting thing that's happened is that, you know, I'll go to some trade shows or things and meet readers and their parents. And, you know, I hear so often, you know, from moms about their sons. It's, it's just, they, and you said reluctant readers, and that's the perfect description. It's just they don't dive into it like like yeah. young girls do. And so there's so many of them, they'll say, you know, thank you for having something that my son can relate to, you know, something yeah. that right. gets his attention because it's just hard. It just it is. really there's is tons hard. There's of stuff yeah. out there for girls, but there's not so much that just like really will engage, you know, take that adventurous spirit yes. and just engage yes. boys at this age level. No, I think that the adventure yeah. part is absolutely crucial. I mean, just mm-hmm. because that's how their imagination works. They want to picture themselves in these adventure scenes and this stuff happening and, you know, swords or whatever is right. involved. And if you go captured. back to that whole wild at heart theory, it's like our boys, our men crave adventure in that way. Oh, yeah. And, and so, I think girls do, and too. And girls do, too. And, yeah, and but, I remember one of my early coaches on writing this was Nancy Rue. She was yeah, excellent. I mean, she yeah. excellent. 
And she told me, it's like, you got to pick one character. I said, no, I want Peter and Mary. She goes, no, you need to kick one. You can only have one as the main. I said, okay. and she said, go with Peter. Yes. Because boys will read books about boys. Girls will read and books about girls boys. will read books about yes. girls or yes. boys, but boys will not read. Right. That's generally been the, the rule in publishing is that, you know, when you're establishing those main characters, that's what you do. Because we're not picky about what we read. We, we just want to read. Well, I, and I was struck. Uh, I just got back from New York Book Con um, a couple months ago, and uh, y- you go there gender gender wise. It feels like it's at least eighty twenty. You know, so yeah. uh, there there's uh, by and large so many more females there than males. Um, and the, and the Book Con is you know kind of more more of a fan thing. They come out and, and fans and support the fans come out and support their their major books. But you know a lot a lot of girls out there. So it is wonderful to have that resource for 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 boys. Yeah, you know, I've I've. Um... It is just great to get that feedback. I mean, mm-hmm. hear that from the families. I mean, yeah. because when you write it with an intention of you hope it touches and helps and yes. you know, yeah. it encourages kids in their faith. Yeah. But when you really hear that or you get the pictures, they'll send me pictures of them sitting there reading and say, I can't get him to stop. Yeah. And so you know, it's it's very encouraging and yeah. it helps to keep it going. But it's also it's a resource that's really needed. I mean, it's just there's just not a lot. A lot. Not, not a right. lot out there. Yeah. Well, this is uh, probably a good time to take a break. Uh, You're listening to the Bible for Kids podcast, and we are speaking with Mike Thomas, author of The Secret of the Hidden Scrolls. I'm excited to let you know that now your kids can grow up with all the classic VeggieTales episodes that you did. Let me tell you about Minnow. Minnow is an ad-free streaming video app designed just for kids with 30 episodes of classic VeggieTales plus thousands of other shows that teach your kids about Jesus. You'll feel safe letting your kids choose any show that they want to watch on Minnow. You won't have to worry about what might pop up, and there aren't any commercials. Visit GoMinnow.com. That's G-O-M-I-N-N-O.com. Use coupon code BIBLEFORKIDS to begin your seven-day free trial. And start streaming anytime, anywhere on your phone, tablet, TV, or computer. You can even download your favorite shows to go and stream on multiple devices at once. With Minnow, kids discover God and stories they love, and parents find expert help and everyday encouragement as they lead their family in faith. Minnow helps you to have conversations that really matter with your kids so you can experience the goodness of God together. Minnow, stories kids love, values parents trust. Use the coupon code BIBLEFORKIDS to start your free trial today at GoMinnow, that's G-O-M-I-N-N-O.com. As you turn the pages of Ellie Holcomb's best-selling book, Who Sang the First Song?, You and your young reader will discover the sweet songs creation sings and the God who created it. Ellie says it best. When God made the earth, he decided to sing, and he wrote his song into everything. God's song says you're good and you're wonderfully made, and I'll never stop loving you all of your days. It's available wherever books are sold. And remember to pick up the new The Promises of God Storybook Bible, the story of God's unstoppable love. This storybook Bible tells stories in an age-appropriate way, revealing the thread of God's promises through timeless New and Old Testament stories. Thought-provoking questions after each story help young readers fall in love with God's Word and build a theological foundation that will last a lifetime. Also available wherever books are sold. Back on the Bible for Kids podcast with author Mike Thomas, the author of Secret of the Hidden Scrolls, a great um, series for what early readers probably. And we were talking about engaging our boys. And yes, this is most definitely a 
a book for girls too, but I have boys at my home and I know how um, difficult it can be to find stuff that they really engage in. And I don't think the importance of that can be overstated if we want to train the, especially in, in the, the Christian publishing world, if we want these boys to be spiritual leaders of their homes, um, I think we have to give them resources that start at an early age to start building that. So um, in this series in particular, what are what are some of the lessons that they, boys and girls, are going to learn through these stories? The biggest lesson I want them to learn is kind of to put their trust in God. Yeah. Um, is yeah. kind of the main theme I kind of work through all of it. And, I mean, that's something we all deal with. But it was nice. Okay, we, we can look back on Bible stories, and when we read them, we see, you know, these— were real people who went through these extraordinary circumstances, and through those circumstances, they learned to put their trust in God. And so, what I wanted to do with you know the the readers, you know the boy reader, the girl reader, is to put them in the story because they're going to feel that story, experience that story through the eyes and the experiences of the characters. And so, I mean, there's some crazy stuff, wild stuff that goes on. The Bible is an adventure. I mean, yeah. the stories that they're in the middle of, they had to go through hardship and. All kind of things. So I want them to be in the middle of that. So the reader will experience, you know, things are not easy. You know, people are sometimes against them. Things are not working out the way they think they would. So I put them in a lot of those situations. And so they also, uh, Michael the angel is in the story who comes in every once in a while, kind of a guide to them. And he helps them along the way sometimes to to really focus up, kind of give them that angel, that you know, the cosmic view of you know, God is working in this. You know, you mm-hmm. got to understand, you know, this is going to work out. And so, a, a lot of it is, I want that child, the reader, to be able to step in that, experience what happened in the Bible, and let them see, you know, God is powerful. God is going to work this out. He is on your side. You know, He is going to be with you. You know, all these themes that we need, you know, a child needs to know, and we need to know. I mean, the the thing I want them to have is, you know, I'm afraid that we have lost a little bit of the actual Bible stories. And I think there's power in the Bible. I think there is power engaging with the stories. I mean, there's so much in my life that when I go through things, I can remember back to, you know, what was David going through? What did, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, but I want our children to have that also. You know, they need to have that reference point to be able to go back and say, what did God actually do to help them through this. Right. And so I want the the reader to be able to experience that. I want, you know, that child to experience and know, you know, God is in control and he is powerful and he is with me. And so that's the main kind of themes I want them to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we talk about Hank is the the main character, right? The boy? In the, uh, Peter. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. Mary is his sister? Or, yes. Okay. So so tell us a little bit about the character of, of Mary. I know Peter's the main, the main, the main one, but uh, how... Talk a little bit about Mary, and because uh, I'm sure girls, you know, really relate to her as well. Yes. So Peter is a year younger than Mary, uh-huh. um, and so you know, Peter is kind of fun-loving. He's funny. Mm-hmm. He likes adventure. He likes getting into things. Mary is a little more contemplative. You know, mm-hmm. she loves to read. She's got a lot of knowledge. I mean, she understands a lot of what's going on. She also knows karate, which comes in helpful. <laughs> okay, right. right. Um, and so. The interaction, I did want to have kind of a positive interaction um, as much as you can between between siblings. A brother and a sister. <laughs> right. But, you know, they're having to go through this themselves. I mean, they're out there on their own trying to work these situations out. So a lot of it is, you know, Mary a lot of times is hesitant to go into something. 
where Peter Peter's like, come right on. In. But yeah. then mm-hmm. Hank, the dog, is oh, always yeah, the yeah, one. Hank's the dog. Yeah, Hank, yeah, yeah. Hank is the uh, one who a lot of times gets them into trouble. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he will kind of lead the way into what's going to happen, the next kind of thing. Like he'll take off, oh, let's go get him. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so Mary's a, is a smart, intelligent, strong female. I mean, she's. I mean, I, I did base it on my niece, and she is all those things. Yeah. yeah. And so it was fun to um, kind of put them in a situation and say, okay, what would happen if they were here? Yeah, and that's so cool from a writing perspective because I do that too. You know, you you take characters based off of real life, really, and mm-hmm. then kind of put them in a different situation because you've experienced their personality, and it's it's a way to make the characters real, you know, yes. if, you, if you know them in real life. So. I love, I love that. Uh, real quick, I, I I wanted to ask you about the illustrations. Are you do you also illustrate the books, or, or tell me tell me a little bit about that I don't, process? Actually, I I wish I could. That would, <laughs> yeah, yeah, be really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. The um these are illustrations done by Graham Howells. He's mm-hmm. uh he lives in England. Uh-huh. I think Wales. Oh, nice. Okay. And so I've never met him. Uh-huh. Um, I was just out there, but I didn't meet him. <laughs> <laughs> but he does a great job. Um. I think some of the internals are done by a couple of other artists also. Yeah. Uh, but I think he had done, I think they found him. I'm not even sure how they found him. He had done a lot of work for Scholastic and some other things. Yeah. And I just really liked, when we looked at him, how he kind of captured it. It looks kind of classic, but also modern. Right. I mean, he didn't want something that looked too either dated or dark. Yeah. You know, if you looked They're at really it vibrant. a year from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a the great job. Are, and, yeah. I, and it's like, if I could do it. If I was a great artist, I mean that's exactly how it yeah. well, no, And that's that's a great thing about it because you 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 have a tone in mind as you're writing them, uh, and then as you look at different illustrators and artists' work, you can just say, you know it sort of clicks. It's like, yes. oh, okay, this this feels this feels right. So as you're writing, are you are you thinking what might be illustrated? Are you leaning on um, communicating? Uh, as you uh, as you're writing on on knowing that there's going to be an illustration there to help you communicate that or how do, how does that work in the process of, of yeah. you actually writing um, a chapter? I kind of picture it more like a movie mm-hmm. to be honest or a video. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll because I'm kind of writing it through Peter's eyes, not first person, but I'm writing it as if there was a camera on Peter's shoulder. Yeah, or you know, it's in the room. So a lot of it, I will I will picture it like a movie scene. Yeah, you know, they're coming in here. A lot of times, I I, I listen to music. Mm-hmm. And I usually listen to um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So I've got <laughs> yeah. this, you know, going uh-huh. in the back of my head. Uh-huh. You know, I've, and so I'm picturing this, like, this happening in the scenes. I'm, I'm trying to have, like, a, a lot of it be quick and things like that. It, it, so a lot of it, I picture it not so much as an illustration, yeah. but as a movie. Yeah. And then after, so 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 in, in terms of working with your publisher, then once you submit the manuscript, are they doing layouts, uh, you know, kind of suggesting layouts and illustrations and then, you know, bounce that back off of you, then you, you know, okay that and then it goes to uh, Graham? Yes. Yeah. Um, they'll usually wait till the whole manuscript's done. Uh-huh. And which I wish they would start earlier. <laughs> but, um, so they wait till the whole thing's done and mm-hmm. then they we get an idea on the cover. They'll mm-hmm. they'll try to make you know grab some scene out of it. That, yeah, that is more of an iconic thing to that story. Yeah, and then uh, yeah they send it to him. He'll do some pencil illustrations, send it back, and yeah. then we'll kind of you know tweak it from there. Yeah, and then they'll do the same thing for each. Um, there's a, I guess the art director at at Worthy will will right. kind of go through and say I think this works here, this works here. Yeah, and then it just is very helpful. I mean, I, I love the illustrations, and I like seeing them later. I was like, ah, oh, that's that's how yeah, I was picturing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's awesome. And then you have a certain amount that you allot for every book, right? You know. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's a very similar process that I'm I'm used to working in. That's really cool. 
So on the front cover, we see Hank the dog. And mm-hmm. I saw, I knew Hank the dog before I knew you. I would see you walking Hank in the neighborhood. Yeah, he is way um, more interesting than I am. <laughs> <laughs> is he an Australian Shepherd? He kind of looks like that. He is an Australian Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great dog. I mean, he uh-huh. really is. and it's yeah. uh, He's so cute. He he's he's fun. He's like the perfect dog. He's never used a bathroom in the house. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, really. He is Does actually, he use the bathroom in the books though? <laughs> On the I books or in the books? <laughs> I, I have not actually had him use the restroom. How did we get there? Okay. No, he is. Well, he's a fun. He's a fun, adventurous <laughs> dog. So I, I I do try to picture what would happen also with Hank, like in this scene. You know, yeah. He's, you know, he's protective. You know, he's, yeah. he's curious. You know, he likes to follow sense and, you know, see what's going on and figure people out. And so, you know, all those elements, you know, play well into the book also. And I love how you said he follows sense. Like, that's something that as humans, we're not acutely aware of, Mm -hmm. you know, unless cookies are baking or something like that. (laughs) And so that might lead him down a different path completely from where the humans might go. And he's also a really good judge of character. And I don't know how he does it. It's like, you yeah. can walk by people, and it's like you know, he, just, he just doesn't know about them. And <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. usually pretty, pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the same thing you, you translates into the book. I mean, because you've got your introducing characters, and sometimes he will give an indicator, you a little know, foreshadowing, to set, the, set the tone, and you yeah. know, maybe increase the intensity of the scene. Perfect. Yeah. So, how have your own boys reacted to these stories? Oh, they love them. I mean, uh-huh. they it, it's fun for them. I, I think to to kind of be involved. I mean, they've, but my older son, he's, you know, he's actually lives in England now, but uh-huh. he was in town more when I was kind of doing the early development of it. I'm going to have him read them and help me yeah. on them. And, and Peter definitely helps me on them. You know, there'll be, you know, I'll struggle with a line. I was like, okay, what would you do here? Yeah. And a lot yeah. of it is, you know, I want him to read them. Even now he's kind of outgrown the age range for these, you know, yeah. the age range ideally is like six to 11. Yeah. Um, but he's now 14, almost 15. And so, but it, I'll still say, you know, how do you feel about this? You know, what, you, is this, does this embarrass you? Or does this feel natural? <laughs> does this yeah. feel yeah. natural? Would you yeah. say this? You know, would yeah. you have said this? And so it, it, it's helpful. You know, they enjoy it. They, it's fun for them. You know, and that's so important that. in dialogue, especially with, because our dialogue is not the same as their dialogue. So for you right. to have a test subject at home to run all the, an expert yes. to run all the dialogue by, that really makes a difference in the authenticity yeah, it's of, been helpful. of I mean, these books. The other thing, I, you know, on, I haven't done it on this last one, but I will usually read it to a group of first graders and a group of second graders, a group of third graders, a group of fourth graders. Hmm. And I will take the, one of the early manuscripts and just sit down in front of them with a group of them and just read it straight through. Mm-hmm. And so I can track from that. I can see their expressions. I can see, you know, is it kind of going over their head? Did I think it was going to be funny? And there's like a little tumbleweed going across and no, you know, nothing <laughs> Crickets. He's like, he's yeah. like, come on. <laughs> and I just have a red pen. I was like, nope, that didn't work. That yeah, didn't yeah. work. And a lot of that helps me like picture them, you know, physically. I can picture them when I'm reading, you know, when reading to them when I'm writing it and say, is this going to connect with them? Are they yeah. going to like, be, you know, frightened for a moment, you know, is it going to be exciting to them? You know, yeah. so a lot of it is helpful also in, in yeah. keeping that real, like you were saying. That's awesome. Well, we're speaking with author Mike Thomas uh, and his series, The Secret of the Hidden Scrolls. Uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, Bible for Kids listeners, we're always looking for ways to give away free resources uh, for you to use with with your kids. So look us up on social media and find out what's going on on our Instagram and Facebook page at The Bible for Kids. Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, is back. 
In his hilarious new chapter book series, 10-year-old Michael and his friend Justin sneak into the Dead Sea Caves near the archaeological dig where Michael's dad is working. Michael finds a couple of 2,000-year-old squirrels petrified in sea salt. Hijinks ensue as Michael tries to bring them back to the U.S., hidden in his backpack. What Michael thinks are just cool souvenirs may turn out to be something much more. The Dead Sea Squirrels series is humorous, fun, and filled with character-building lessons. As co-creator of VeggieTales, co-founder of Big Idea Entertainment, and the voice of the beloved Larry the Cucumber, Mike Naraki has been dedicated to helping parents pass on biblical values to their kids through storytelling for over two decades. To find your own Dead Sea Squirrels, head over to Tyndale.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookstore. I'm excited to let you know that now your kids can grow up with all the classic VeggieTales episodes that you did. Let me tell you about Minnow. Minnow is an ad-free streaming video app designed just for kids with 30 episodes of classic VeggieTales plus thousands of other shows that teach your kids about Jesus. You'll feel safe letting your kids choose any show that they want to watch on Minnow. You won't have to worry about what might pop up and there aren't any commercials. Visit GoMinnow.com. That's G-O-M-I-N-N-O.com. Use coupon code BIBLEFORKIDS to begin your seven-day free trial. And start streaming anytime, anywhere on your phone, tablet, TV, or computer. You can even download your favorite shows to go and stream on multiple devices at once. With Minnow, kids discover God in stories they love, and parents find expert help and everyday encouragement as they lead their family in faith. Minnow helps you to have conversations that really matter with your kids so you can experience the goodness of God together. Minnow, stories kids love, values parents trust. Use the coupon code Bible for Kids to start your free trial today at GoMinno. That's G-O-M-I-N-N-O dot com. We are back with Mike Thomas, the author of Secret of the Hidden Scrolls on the Bible for Kids podcast. Um, Mike, so let's talk about like these are early readers, right? These are defined as early readers in general. They're for ages six to ten. Yes. Why? Why did you choose this age group in particular? You talked a little bit about though how you'd gone and couldn't find anything. Yeah, in this I, age I mainly chose at the beginning. I chose it because that I was writing for my son, and that mm-hmm. was his age range. Right. Um, but what I felt, you know, when I looked at it deeper, I was like, there is just a lack of resources for that age range. I mean, when you look Definitely. younger, um, you know, five. Four, three, you know, two. There's great amount of resources for them. Yeah, picture books, you know, board picture books, books, board books, and yeah. everything. And it's like you get to this age group, and they fall off. A and cliff. there's like nothing, which is just crazy to me because I mean, they're probably at that age reading more than they will ever read for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they love reading. They feel like such an accomplishment. Like when they finish a chapter of the book, or they want to go on to the next one. And it's like, and their imagination is just at the peak. I mean, that yeah. is the time you could really get in there and just attach with that imagination and attach it to their heart. And so I was like, there just needs to be something. You know, I didn't go out to write a series for this. You know, it's not, I you know, didn't want to be a writer and I didn't want to have to get up at five in the morning and write. <laughs> um, but it was just when I saw that it was out there and I saw how, you know, and I didn't want to take it big until I saw like locally that it would work. You know, I wanted yeah. to see the kids I was reading it to, that, was it affecting them? I wanted to get feedback. I got feedback from all of them. And when I saw that it was actually helping them, you know, discover the Bible and grow in faith and connect with God, I was like, okay, there's something here and it's worth investing my time on. Yeah. And it was something that I was willing to sacrifice, you know, 
four because I, I was like, it's it's kind of bigger than me at that point. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's and so I was just like, okay, I will partner with God and write this. I will partner with parents because, you know, they're needing resources to do this. And and when I when I write, I'm, you know, when I meet parents, when I meet moms at these shows and they kind of describe and ask me about them, you know, when I'm writing, I was like, I, I want to understand, you know, where they are. It's very important for them, for their kids to discover the Bible and to grow in faith and to, you know, love God and all these things. And it's like, and I want to write it in such a way that will help them with that mission. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to put them in a spot, you know, where they'll have to explain something they don't want to explain. Yeah. Or I, you know, want to be true to the, to the scripture. I mean, I will read the story probably hundreds of times before I start writing. It's like, I want to get into that story. Yeah. And catch all those little details that, right. that you missed in Sunday school or even right. every time you read it. Because this is like the next level. It's like they can address the story a little bit different and understand a little bit different than they could when they were five or four. Mm-hmm. And, do, and do you try, with each story, do you try to capture a, a main theme uh, and make and kind of make the lesson of the story about that theme? I do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's usually what would be the secret of the scroll. You know, there mm-hmm. is a secret in the scroll and they have to solve it You know, yeah. in a certain time frame or they're going to be stuck there. Yeah. And so... Yeah. That secret is something that they are kind of discovering through through the story. Yeah. Like the first one is God created everything. Mm-hmm. And so you know, they're kind of discovering that as good. Wait, Another did you one. just tell us the secret? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, kids don't aren't listening, tell your right? Kids. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I know. We're careful. Like on the illustrations, like don't show that the illustration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like a movie trailer that shows everything in the movie. It's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's still fun. John yeah, dies yeah. at the uh, end. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, the, so, yes, yeah. there is a theme that I try mm-hmm. to, you know, the, the Bible story itself and the, and the connection with God is powerful. But also, if there's something they could walk away with, it says, you know, this helps me understand that God is with me. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You right. know, that is something we will need to know for the rest of our lives. Right. Because yeah, you will yeah. face things you need to know, you know, God is with me in this. You yeah, know, I'm not yeah. alone. Yeah. And so it's different things like that. So um, you talked about uh, doing some research with, you know, first and second and third graders and all of that, uh, and all, which is really cool. And all of that, uh, are there some key elements that you've sort of found over time that help keep uh, that that broad age group engaged? Yeah, I mean, it's you want to have a language that's understandable um, mm-hmm. by whatever age range. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of that, you know, Hemingway taught that also. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like. So if I have to like look at a thesaurus to find a good word, I was like, I don't need to do that. You <laughs> right, need right, to right. learn. You, you use a common language that they can understand. Yeah. You, you introduce a couple words that might be new for them, but you want something that they can read through. They can and understand if it's conte- the flow. yeah, and if the word is contextualized, where they can you know understand right. it from context, right. then that's and you okay want to keep a good rhythm. Yeah. I mean, I've you want to keep a flow and a rhythm and a build through the story. So it's building excitement. It's building to the end. And at the end, it's like, ah, it's not going to work out. Then, oh, it worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a lot of it is is that. I mean, I've just learned, you know, the cliffhangers work. I've learned that you use a lot of dialogue. Yeah. dialogue is just interesting. Yeah. And those short chapters. And the short chapters where they, I mean, because they... Because it helps them feel like they've accomplished something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what you want. You want to feel like I've accomplished. I'm moving forward. I'm, I'm learning. And, and so, but you don't want the kids to think that. You just want them to experience that. Experience right. the story. So as you go through, so I, I, I was uh, thumbing through some of the look. Looks like you're like at twelve, fifteen chapters per book. Is that yes. about right? So as you're as you're outlining your story, 
do you go through and 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 basically draw a skeleton uh, from chapter to chapter uh, before you you dive in and start writing, or do you just do you just dive in uh, at the front of the book and, and just go? What, what what's your process like? A little I, bit I have a I do have a plan to it, um, uh-huh. and a lot of it is based because I'm working with a real Bible story, yeah. And so that in itself has some type of pace and is, you know has yeah. sequences that have to happen, yeah. But then you also have subplots and you've got other action that you're kind of weaving in there based on these kids having to figure out the secret and, right, right. Yeah, and, yeah. and deal with their situations. And so, yes, I, I will do kind of a broader you know, outline of what's going to happen. So, yeah. And then I'll break it down to this chapter. You know, this is what happens in each chapter. Yeah. And I'll do that in kind of an outline. Yeah. Uh, and then I will handwrite. I usually I handwrite uh, the first draft of everything. And wow. I'm, really? Wow. I have forgotten how to do that. You know, <laughs> it, you, when, when I, when, actually, this is interesting because when I first started writing, screenplay writing, um, I would actually have to, in songwriting for VeggieTales, uh, I would typically need to write it out by hand. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, my, my, the, the, my brain connection to the paper. Something happens in that process. Yeah, yeah. something happens going by hand. But somewhere along the line, it reversed on me to where now I can re- I can think better as I type really than I than I can write you know so I, I don't know when that happened but it's it's interesting. deadlines <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, deadlines exactly. it's like you yeah, don't yeah. have the luxury of that <laughs> yeah, sometimes exactly. but something does happen um, in that process that helps you to just you have to write slower I mean you write slower than you can type typically. So your brain has more time to process what the next word is. And even the self-editing that takes place in your brain between this word and the right. next. I, yeah. I find that I don't self-edit as much when I'm handwriting. I mean, I'll just kind of go with the flow. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. and I'll, and so I do it in consciousness like a moleskin. I know how big it is. I know how many pages of handwriting mm-hmm. is the page kind of want. Yeah. And then I can, as I work through like the pages of the book, I know, okay, where kind of I am in in. Yeah. In the flow and in, in toward that deadline, and then yeah. and then I type it in, and that's yeah. usually my first round of editing. Okay, um, yeah. and okay. so it's easier for me to, you know, as I'm typing it and edit it, and I'll take it off and say, "Man, I was chasing the rabbit there." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rewrite it, and yeah. Um, so that's the process. Oh, that's really cool. Well, uh, one of the cool things about that too is that you're creating an artifact, like a physical artifact. Oh I mean, yeah. When, when we type things in, you know, it just is all electronic and it's kind of wispy and nothing. But right. The fact that you've got a moleskin that you have your original, you know, quote unquote manuscript in is really cool. You can that come is. back yeah, later and say, they're up yeah. in a shelf. I've got yeah, them stacked yeah. up. Oh, and they're of all... course you do. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I have and some you... scribbly notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> and do you use like a feather pen too? Do you have like a... <laughs> yeah, well, that would be <laughs> nice. Ink while you dip it in. Yeah. I use pencil because you're gonna have to. I mean, you have to erase, and yeah, there yeah. are particular pencils I like. Yeah, so. yeah. What is the pencil of choice? Uh, Blackwing. Okay. And there's a. Is it is it automatic? Is it like a mechanical pencil? No, you got to sharpen, sharpen this it. Thing? This is <laughs> okay, old okay, okay. Now, all right. To sharpen this is it a with a knife. Because I have, <laughs> have been having the hardest time finding a decent electric pencil sharpener. So many of you put them in, they just go. Yeah, and, you and have to eat turn up around. your pencil. So, what? what do you have a favorite pen, pencil sharpener? Yeah, it's a Blackwing pencil okay. sharpener. I've got okay. it in oh my, my bag, and okay. I will show you after okay. this. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I need a, one of those. It's a two-step process. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it is the best sharpened pencil you'll have in your life. Oh, I need that. I need that so is it expensive no No? i think it was like ten dollars oh my goodness okay yeah so yeah my my number one beef has been the motor size on those pencil sharpeners yeah they always go out they yeah yeah so um you don't know how hard to push because all of a sudden it's like you get a one inch i know i know exactly (laughs)
<laughs> so yeah, because a lot of times for my kids, you know, well, they're getting out. My my son is just about ready to graduate high school, but uh, my daughter just took the LSAT, and I was trying to prep some pencils for her before she went. Yeah. So I was trying to sharpen them for her, and it just, you know, it, I, I was getting so. Well, I have something for you. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh. Do you have any sort of particular um, theological review that goes into that? Do you work with your publisher and just getting getting uh, feedback on, okay, this is the lesson that we're hoping to teach and, you know, and, and what the takeaway from the Bible is and, you know, kind of how do you handle that whole process? Yeah, that one's a, a tricky one because um, I read the story over and over again, so I want to yeah. make it where you're really capturing the story. Yeah. And the the publishers do have a couple of people that will read it just for kind of theological content yeah and and i have to be i want to be mindful of the different kind of faith traditions that are going to be reading it right um i mean you've got i mean i know there's a lot of different faith traditions that read this just because right. i've talked to them right and so you want to stick as close as you can to the actual story you yeah. know what is the experience what did god actually do you know what did you know the characters in the story do and then just Really, what do they? You know, how does that grow their faith? So I'm not getting too deep into theology. Yeah. Also, in this last one I wrote is um, the next one that comes out in October is going to be the Nativity story. Uh-huh. Uh, so when you get into Jesus, it gets a little different. I mean, you got to get a little more <laughs> deep into theology and, and perspective right. like that. Right. And so that one was a little. I had to be a little more mindful of that. Yeah. I had to be a little more careful with it, and to yeah. make sure that that I am kind of getting the Bible truth through the story and sure. not trying to put my own kind of bent on things. Right, right. And do you have, like you mentioned, you're kind of marching your way through the Bible. Do you have an overall kind of feel of how long the series will last? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be, it's supposed to be nine books, but they okay. might it might roll to ten. Okay. Uh, so I know what the next, yeah, I know what each book is. Yes. So it's going to take him through. Uh, this next one is The Birth of Christ. Uh, the one that I'm writing next would be kind of The Life. Of Jesus, so they're going to be kind of hanging out with Jesus and disciples, How cool and then is that? the next one would be the death, burial, resurrection. So awesome. we don't know if we're going to end it on that, or yeah. you could go into kind of the disciples at that point, or the early church, you know, with Paul, and they could get shipwrecked with Paul or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and and so, but that's as far at this point as is. Planned. As planned. I don't know yeah, what yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll well, and then you out. have all of church history to go back to, too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 There's, and there's a lot <laughs> more you could go back. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot more stories the in the Old Testament. You could do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> that would get a little dark. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So That's through, a middle reader. That's for middle schoolers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there you go. There's your next series. Yeah. Um, so through this entire series, what is what is that one thing that you hope that kids walk away with? When they finish the entire series, they've devoured them all. Um, what do you think they walk away with? What do you hope they walk away with? I hope they walk away with a greater trust in God and yeah. knowing how amazing and wonderful and powerful he is. Um, I mean, that's what I hope for. And yeah. I hope that they also get more of a love and interest in the Bible mm-hmm. um, because they've they've dealt with it on their level and they've seen that it can affect them. So I want them, you know, in the you know, it, while they're reading it to build their trust in their faith. But also, as they walk away or grow from that, they could take that love that they had then and get deeper into reading the stories of the Bible, reading the Bible, and things like that. That's awesome. Because when I watch something that's, like, based on a true story, I want to go and see, okay, did this part actually happen or did this part actually happen? Because I actually, at the end of each uh, story, I have a section uh, that that takes them back into the the stories that are there. And so— 
And so, like, on the first book, he'll say, you, you find this story, you can read Genesis chapter 1. To find this part of the book, read Genesis chapter 2. Uh, and so it— Oh, nice. Yeah. It lets yeah. the— and lest the parents go back, and I've, I've seen a lot of parents who will read the book, and then they'll they'll bring out the other story and say, well, this, yeah, let's see what really happened in this part. And so it, it, yeah, yeah. it's been a good kind of jump-off point for parents yeah. to actually engage with them on the, you know, straight yeah. out of the Bible also. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, this that's really cool. Uh, we've been speaking with Mike Thomas, the author of The Secret of the Hidden Scrolls. Mike, thank you so much for well, being with Well, thanks for having me. I've, I've, it's been great. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on the Bible for Kids podcast. If you would like to enter to win a complete set of the Secret of the Hidden Scrolls series, go check out our website, thebibleforkids.com, or check us out on Instagram, The Bible for Kids, or Facebook, The Bible for Kids. Thanks for listening to the Bible for Kids podcast with Amy Parker and Mike Naraki. Be sure to connect with the Bible for Kids on Instagram and Facebook and at thebibleforkids.com. The Bible for Kids podcast is part of the Way Nation podcast network. Find more podcasts at waynation.com.